Scott Jackson here on the Scott Jackson's Your Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Our pleasure right now to hit the Ballyhoo's guest line and bring in Gene Wong for the Washington Post, who was down at Blacksburg last night seeing the Hokies roll over the Cavaliers. Uh, Gene, thanks for joining us this afternoon. How you doing? Scott, my pleasure. How are you? Good. I I would imagine you did not expect to, to show up and see an uncompetitive game as you saw last night. Uh, there's no question about it. I mean, we know that Virginia Tech plays really well at home. They had beaten Virginia three straight times at Castle. But the way they did it last night was, I mean, something to behold if you're a Virginia Tech fan. I mean, they did it at both ends of the court. I mean, Virginia had no answer defensively, which is very unusual. I mean, Virginia Tech was getting to the basket whenever they wanted. They were getting shots wherever they wanted. And defensively, I mean, Virginia doesn't have a lot of margin for error uh, on offense. And Virginia Tech has made them look like, you know, a JV team. So, yeah, it was just a thorough, thorough beating every which way. Well, huge win in the net, obviously, for the Hokies who needed that boost. But I guess as you, as you look at their resume, they're still missing those those road wins. And obviously, um, they probably still have some more work to do. But this is a good place to start, isn't it? Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, the regular season's winding down. There's not a lot of opportunities left. They do have four quad one wins including against Iowa State, which is a top-10 team in the net. Very impressive uh, this season. But, you know, lately they just have kind of, as Mike Young said, their coach kind of painted themselves into a corner with some bad losses. And, you know, the next they play Pitt, and Pitt is one of those bubble teams. They're fighting for a spot in the NCAA tournament. They beat Virginia at, um, at in Charlottesville, ending Virginia's 23-game home-winning streak. That was the longest in the country to that point. So Pitt's going to be a tough, tough challenge for Virginia Tech, but Mike Young seems to get this team ready to play or playing at, at their best come this time of the year. He's a really good tournament coach, um, and they've been hurt a little bit, um, and Lynn Kidd is really starting to, 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 to understand what Mike Young wants from him. He had a great game against Virginia, 5-5 five for five from the field. Uh, Virginia had no answer for him. So if they can get some interior play, uh, we know they have great guards. Um, if they can get those things fixed, they might be an intriguing team to watch, especially in the ACC tournament when it comes to D.C. Now, yeah, exactly. As you get to, you have a lot of Virginia Tech fans, you know, there Virginia as well uh, with yeah. the D.C. Uh, ACC tournament this year. As you as you look at the ACC as a whole right now, I mean, Virginia's on, on solid ground, but certainly this doesn't help in terms of seeding with, with a loss like this last night. But uh, yeah. obviously, North Carolina's fine. Uh, Clemson's in there. Uh, what about yeah. Wake Forest to you? How do, how do you kind of see that right now? There, I mean, they're just like Pitt. Those are the two teams that, I mean, if you're on the committee, you can make cases for and against both those teams. Uh, Wake split with Virginia. I mean, they beat them convincingly the first time and lost by two uh, on a last-second shot that clanged off the rim for them. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why I don't envy being on that committee because you, you, whatever decision you make, you're going to have detractors, right? That's just how it is, and we love talking about it in the media. Fans love talking about it. Um, but to me, it, it, there's... Four teams in the ACC who should feel pretty comfortable, and there's maybe two or three others that are like, we got to get every single win we can, and then maybe even one or two in the, in the ACC tournament just to feel comfortable going into selection Sunday. I do want to ask you about Virginia. You know, you've seen them a lot this year, but the, their offense, uh, obviously, is, their offensive challenged, I guess we should say, at times, <laughs> and, and really last night in particular in that first half. I mean, we know they can play defense, but uh, is there is there a fix for that offense? Do you think as, as you watch them, or is this kind of who they are at this point? As we're you know twenty seven games into the season, well, I, I, I suspect against probably uh, common wisdom that Virginia's going to 
show out pretty well against North Carolina. They play that's their next game at home. It's a huge game, obviously, in Charlottesville. Um, they need to figure out how to get Isaac Neely open shots. I mean, he was leading the country in three-point percentage. Virginia Tech took him completely away, basically. He had 11 points, but, I mean, they were meaningless points. And um, he hasn't been getting open looks. I mean, there was a stretch where he hit back-to-back games, six three-pointers. He's, you know, made five three-pointers in a bunch of other games. So when he gets hot and gets rolling and gets open looks, he's, he'll knock them down. But teams have learned to take him away. Pittsburgh took him away, you know. So, But Tony Bennett needs to figure out how to get him open looks because he's kind of the key to their offense. They don't have a lot of interior scoring. I mean, Ryan Dunn's a great player, great defender, just can't shoot the ball. And here's the other thing that's really troubling, Scott, about Virginia. They're the worst free throw shooting team in the ACC. And when you're a team that relies on low possession games and, and you know, every point matters, you have to scratch and claw for every point, and you're shooting 60% as a team at the line, that just doesn't bode well. Gene Wong's with us, Washington Post, uh, college uh, basketball, and uh, a writer with us uh, here on the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. I wanted to get some time from you, too, today to talk, obviously, about the uh, news over the weekend. Electric Drizelle passed away, former sure. uh, Maryland great, course at James Madison, Georgia State, started at Davidson. Um, just an amazing career, obviously, uh, from this area where we are here and in the 757 and you know, retired down here in Virginia Beach uh, when he was done coaching as well. So uh, I'm sure right. making the rounds in the ACC, there's been a lot of great lefty stories. Uh, for you, I mean, when you were, when you covered him in the past, what, what are the things that stand out for you the most? Well, to, to, to me, um, he obviously great coach and, and great recruiter. Every player you talk to said he was the best recruiter that they ever encountered. He would always recruit their mom. That's what they, they would tell me. The players would tell me. Like Keith Gatlin told me. He was on the 84 ACC tournament championship team. He said, first thing they did was come to my mom and win her over. And then by that time, I wasn't going anywhere else. I was coming to Maryland, right? So he was a master recruiter, you know, with that southern draw and that, you know, hayseed kind of attitude. Everyone loved it. Um, but he also, you know, it was really telling his, in his Hall of Fame in, induction ceremony that he had John Thompson and George Raveling as two of the three men. Mike Krzyzewski being the other, that would hurt his presenters. I mean, he, he really cared so much about integration. He cared so much about, you know, equal footing for everyone. Um, and I, I got to tell you, growing up in this area, in the D.C. area, I should say, uh, during that time period when Lefty had Maryland rolling and John Thompson had Georgetown doing the same, I mean, it doesn't get much better for a college basketball fan. Lefty always made you feel like you were the most important person in the room. You always look in the eye, ask you about your family, Ask how you're doing. Like basketball is almost secondary, um, and that's just kind of was his charm, and that's why he was so beloved in college basketball. Yeah, incredible too to the, the stretch of uh, you know winning records with with different uh, schools, and obviously the way it ended at Maryland was was certainly uh, tough, and it was clearly the what the thing that held him back from so long from being in the Hall of Fame. You know, sooner I was talking to Tony Massenberg about this yesterday, and you know he right. said, "Look, we lived in the dorms. We didn't know what was going on in the dorms. Lefty didn't live in the dorms, right? Like Coach didn't right. live in the dorms. We did, and we didn't even know that this was going on with Len Bias. You know, so it's always one of those things where it felt like you know they made him the scapegoat and certainly. I'm sure there are things that he would like to have back in terms of how they handled it after it happened. But it was just yeah. uh, one of those things where it's like, all right, we need to look, we need to find somebody to blame here. And, and here's, a, here's the guy. You know, that's absolutely right. It was such an unfortunate, heartbreaking, tragic circumstance for everyone involved. I remember Lefty talking at Cole Fieldhouse the day after uh, Len Bias died. And it was such an emotional, emotional speech for him. And um, yeah, it, the fact that it took so long and, he, the perception was that he he was the one to blame. I mean, just 
I'm glad that a wrong was righted when he was alive and his wife was alive to be able to see it. Um, and, you know, like I said earlier, he's just so, so beloved among coaches. Even those who didn't know him, I talked to Mike Young last night about him. Mike Young just said he didn't know him well, but he was one of the most respected people in the business. Whenever you mentioned Lefty's name, people would smile and know that this guy did so much for the game of college basketball. And really a promoter and an innovator, too, right? I mean, a big reason why we have the expansion of the NCAA tournament, a uh, big reason, obviously, for March Ma- or Midnight Madness, excuse me, was his idea. Yeah. I mean, just a lot of really, you know, just a great promoter of, of the sport. And in a day and age, frankly, I was just talking about this last week, where we don't really have a ton of personality in the on the men's side of college basketball. <laughs> it, I mean, there's a lot of personality on the women's side of college basketball yeah. right now. The men's side is just so boring right now, quite frankly. No, you know, Gary Williams brought uh, brought up the, the very same thing you just mentioned. He's like, you know what? It took a lot of guts for someone to come to Maryland and say, we're going to be the UCLA of the East and promote the program and say, we're going to compete with the best teams in the country. I mean, that you know, that just doesn't happen. Yep. And, and, and he did that, and he, and, he, and he backed it up by getting, you know, by bringing, you know, by winning ACC tournaments, by getting them to NCAA tournaments, by basically making Maryland a national brand. Um, and Gary said, you know, his job was made that much easier with the foundation that, that uh, Lefty laid before Gary Williams arrived. Uh, Gene Wong's with his Washington Post uh, college hoops writer here. Scott Jackson, your priority auto sports radio 94.1 joins us via the Valley Who's guest line. Speaking of the tournament, uh, I know there was a little bit of a discussion about this last week, and I'm sure it will continue. Do you, do you see them expanding uh, sooner rather than later? I mean, we've been hearing about this for a while, but now it seems like people are getting a little bit more serious about this going from 68 to, uh, I don't know, maybe 96, or is it just four more teams? I mean, how, what are you hearing as you, as you travel around college basketball? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's almost inevitable. I mean, as, as you get, the, you know, the, the Power Five, not the Power Four plus pack two i mean these the, the four big competitions are just growing 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 and they're going to want more representation um and you know there's money in it We're, when when there's money involved everyone's interested right so <laughs> um you have more games you have more chance for advertising more tv time that whole thing and you know march madness is already you know a huge deal as it is but if you add more teams and you know you give that's the uh, 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 like 10 more underdogs a chance to upset like umbc did against virginia i mean People are going to tune in. They just are, and that's just the beauty of, uh, to me, of it. That 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 teams that, you know, like St. Peter's, just come out of nowhere. You know, go to the Elite Eight. I mean, those that those are great stories that I think people want to hear about. They want to watch. Um, yeah, I understand. Maybe it could be the argument against it. You're watering down the product, but you know, it. it I always think that an underdog versus a uh, and the 16 versus a one. Now we know there's a chance there's an upset because it's happened. So. Um, to me, the 80s I've talked to, the coaches I've talked to feel like it's almost inevitable. It's just a matter of when, not if. All right, great stuff. Hey, Gene, thanks yeah. as always, man, for your time. And uh, enjoyed uh, seeing uh, your story this morning on, on the Hokies. What a surprising outcome that was last night uh, in the manner, at least it was. Not that they won, but, boy, that was a blowout. At Gene underscore uh, Wong on the X to give him a follow there for all things uh, college sports right now. Thanks a lot for your time, as always. My pleasure, Scott. Anytime. All right, Gene Wong with us here. Scott Jackson, show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-injured-757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. It's that time of the week, a little bit later than normal, but James, are you ready for a little hot take Tuesday oh, action? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Some days the equipment just doesn't want to play that's, that's, the game. That's five on me. 
<laughs> Got to back it up five. Replay the down. All right, Hot Take Tuesday. Let's get started. I don't know if you saw the latest, uh, well, I guess, loss for yards uh, for the um, hopes of building a arena in Alexandria. Apparently, the head of the AFL-CIO is against uh, it. And also, um, you know, there still continues to be hurdles for them to overcome. And, and they haven't, again, been cleared in their own city at this point. So, I'm predicting right now, James, if the Ted Dome fails at Alexandria, Caps and Wizards are going to end up at FedEx Field's old site. Because wow. By that point, Josh Harris will already have locked and loaded a DC deal and uh, would have moved in. And obviously, you know, Muriel Bowser's not taking him back. So I think uh, I think Ted may end up out in Maryland. It might be where all back where it all started, just across the other side of the beltway for the Caps and Wizards at the old US Air Arena locations, uh, but this time on the FedEx field side. So there's my uh, first of many hot takes today. That's a good one. That's a Thank good you. one. Thank I've been I've been holding on to this one. With the whole okay. five plus seven thing today, okay. Okay. I think it's a good time to break it out. Do it. Florida State will not make this year's playoff either. They're not getting in. I know it's expanded. They still won't get in. This whole lawsuit thing is going to be a huge distraction. You've got Virginia Tech's on the rise. You've still got NC State. Louisville, Clemson's going to rebound. They're not just going to sit there and suck forever. All these allegations against the conference and the self-dealing and all this other garbage. It's all just a lot of noise that this school doesn't need because guess what? They're going to have to reload too, by the way. So I don't see them making it this year either. So cry all you like. Seminoles fans. All right. Uh, all right. After the Raiders uh, will swing and miss at quarterback trying to get Justin Fields and Russell Wilson, they will pivot to one Carson Wentz. Oh, whoa. Bring the vertical back. And they're actually going to have a seance with the great late Al Davis. And that's where Mark Davis can come up the idea to get Carson Wentz a big statuesque deep ball thrower, just like his dad used to love. So bring on the Carson Wentz to the Raiders uh, after they swing and miss the other two guys. I'm not sure if that's mean or not. I'm not I'm sure gonna say I'm going to say not, but <laughs> trending that way. No doubt. <laughs> That's just, that would be horrible for the Raiders. All right, so we were talking about uh, March Madness. We were talking about Virginia Tech and, and Virginia and who's on the bubble, who isn't. Well, I say the ACC will not have a representative in the Final Four this year at all. I, I think that Carolina's been up and down. I don't know that Duke is quite there yet. I know that they're good. I don't know that they're quite Final Four good this year, and I think the field's going to be a little bit more loaded. It's going to be more difficult road to the Final Four this year. I also don't see a sleeper. I, you know, Miami was the sleeper last yeah. year out of the ACC. True. I don't see a sleeper team from the ACC being able to do it this year, so I don't think the Atlantic Coast Conference or All Coast Conference or whatever they're going to call themselves now is going to be represented in the Final Four this year. All right, I'm sure you've been following this story, but there are these uh, new baseball uniforms that apparently the players absolutely hate. Now the Players Association are getting involved. Uh, Tony Clark's going to have to uh, get into it, even though they say they did all this research on it. um, it, But the uniforms are a disaster so far, uh, and it's been complained by the players. So um, I'm going to predict this. Once they do this investigation, they're going to find out this was, in fact, the brainchild of George Costanza. Uh, (laughs) That he, Seinfeld fans will get that. Others will have no idea what we're talking about. That he actually was the brainchild of this new Nike baseball uniforms that the players seem to absolutely hate. Oh, man, I'm so Cheap-looking duds, as they've been called by a lot of places. Yeah, they're cheesy and cheap, but they're they're performance-based, they say. You know, it's better for sweating and these kind of things. But some have said it looks like a knockoff like jer- jersey that you would get at like a TJ Maxx or somewhere like that. Maybe that's where they got them. Or a, or a Walmart. So anyway, 
Are we totally sure that's not where they got him? Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Nike made him, so I'm not so sure. But anyway, so I think George Costanza actually was behind this. So that's my other hot take. That's a great reference. Thank a you. Great, great episode, too, by the way. It was. It was an excellent episode. All right, I'm going to go women's college basketball. Here. I like it. Iowa will lose in the Big Ten tournament. What? But win the NCAA tournament. Oh, okay. I think that they're going to get bounced by Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament. That's going to light the fire under Caitlin Clark. And if she wants to be in that GOAT conversation, at least for women's college basketball, maybe overall in college basketball history, she's got to get that championship. She knows that. I know it's more than just about her, but that's going to galvanize her to take it to that next level as she keeps breaking records here. So I've got Iowa winning it all on the women's side despite losing in their conference tournament. Wow, without even seeing a bracket, you're going you're going all in. Going I'm going all in. I'm just all gonna right. completely Nostradamus. All right. I'm gonna continue my uh not so serious hot takes today. My final one is the NBA All Star game is gonna be replaced by an NBA two K tournament uh by twenty twenty six. Oh my gosh. That's what the tournament Could it's not gonna imagine? be at all. So it's just gonna be video game players. Because again, a lot of these NBA owners already own these stupid gaming teams anyway. So this would be a great way for them to promote the gaming teams that are that are basically sucking millions millions out of them as we speak uh they all thought it was such a the hottest new thing oh yeah kids love to watch these video games on youtube yeah and then they freaking grow up and oh here's the other thing those kids don't actually pay any bills their parents do okay you're advertising the wrong people they don't actually pay for anything you idiots but all these billionaire <laughs> nba owners thought, oh let's get a 2k team let's get a Fortnite team and all this other crap and shockingly they're not doing so great wow what a weird concept that people would i don't know grow up and stop playing video games at some point but hey whatever you do you billionaires keep doing that all right all, all right. right that's that that's a that's a interesting <laughs> one didn't didn't think you were gonna go there today that's that's always fun <laughs> All right, so I'm going to talk about the Chiefs. There's oh, a lot to talk about what the Chiefs are going to do in the offseason. Yes. How is the dynasty going to actually continue? Well, I say that there's going to be no big-name wide receiver that was signed by the Chiefs, and they're actually going to focus on that defense. They're going to flip the script Again? and realize that that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep Jones. They're going to keep Snead. They're going to find a way, and they'll go to the draft to get another wide receiver and worry about the dropsies with another rookie. So I've got the Chiefs focusing on their defense fully in the offseason. How great would it be um, if they actually decided to, um, you know, go even like, you know how like this year they had like the lowest passer like yards, air yards of the ever of like Pat Mahomes career. Like next year, let's just say it's all line of scrimmage passes. Like there's like maybe a yard, right? Like Pat Mahomes, there's maybe a yard as they three-peat uh, and win a Super Bowl. It could happen. You know, it could happen. Just throwing tight end screens to Kelsey and, you know, things like that. So that's, that's how it'll go. All right, Hot Take Tuesday. Have Adam, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. If you want to hit us up, um, Tyler, uh, his hot take is uh, bring the Capitals and the Wizards to Virginia Beach. <laughs> All right, I think we tried that once. No, I, I told him only if we leave the Wizards, and he's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Because they're freaking horrible." Yeah, they're bad. Uh, Raider James says, "If Russell Wilson goes to Vegas, his nickname should be Crapshoot." <laughs> You're going to get Carson Wentz, Raider James. Don't worry. I got Wentz for you in the hopper. Don't worry about it. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, man. How's the hunting in Vegas? Yeah, no that's, doubt. That's his thing, isn't it? No, he is a big hunter. That, that is his thing. Um, yeah, he, he, went in, uh, he went lion hunting a few years ago, but he came back with a deer because he misfired badly. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. 757-687-9494. <laughs> 
Be here all week. Chuckle Hut as well. Um, 757-687-9494. Hot Take Tuesday. Have Adam uh, via the text line or the Ballyhoo's phone line. It's open for business if you want. 757-687-9494 if you want to get on a little Hot Take Tuesday action. Speaking of hot takes, I saw some today uh, on the free agent front when it comes to uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have a very interesting situation where they have three possible players that could be uh, franchise tag material. Uh, we will get to that uh, coming up in the uh, next segment. Uh, hot take from the 757. Harbaugh brings cap back. <laughs> How crazy would that be as a backup to uh, Justin Herbert? I don't think that's happening. Don't think he needs it now. There are a couple teams where that might not be crazy for him. That one is, though. All right, Terrence from Newport News is going to get in, going to get after you, I think, James, for all your null hate. What's happening, Terrence? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, buddy. Hey, love the show, man. I just, I'm just curious. Lifelong uh, Florida State fan uh, since the early 80s. I'm just under, I don't get the, the hate on Florida State. They ain't did nothing. I mean, the teams, I, I get it. Y'all might have to, y'all being from Virginia, radio station in Virginia, y'all got to hype up those teams. But none of them could touch Florida State. I'm just not understanding the hate. What, which which hate are you talking about? James predicting today that they're not going to make a bowl. Ter- they're not going to make the top twelve next year. Yeah, but I constantly hear it though. I listen to the show every day, and I hear it. Yeah, I, I hear it constantly. And he just went, and I just like hold on. He just went over the deep end for you. He I did. did. I admit it. I admit it. I freely admit it. Uh, I, I got no. I got no hate or animosity to him. I just think this situation they're in is is uh, ridiculous because I feel like. We're in a time warp. I mean, like you just mentioned the 80s and 90s when they were, in fact, a glorious, a glorious college football program. They had a really good season this year, but at the end of the year, they were a shell of themselves. They would have, I mean, we saw what happened in the Orange Bowl, which wasn't fair. I mean, imagine if you had that humiliation in the semifinal game. I mean, what fun would that have been for anybody? You know what I mean? I, I I didn't need to see that. I mean, I get you. I get what y'all was saying. I heard y'all talking about that before. Yeah. But I, st- I honestly believe that our team would have played, showed up, and showed out. With your third, yeah. well, would have been second with your, straight quarterback. With your second or third straight quarterback. Would have been second straight though? quarterback by that point, yeah. I believe he would have played. He would have had time because he would have had a concussion. Yeah, he had a concussion. The second stringer would have played, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, the second stringer definitely would have played. And he wasn't, I mean, wasn't that bad. Like, I think we would have did. We would have showed that we belong. Right. I think it's the frivolous lawsuit. Hey, we want to leave. We want more money than everybody. After, like, you just showed back up this year after being, you know, in the Cheez-Its Bowl a year ago. And it's just like, come on, man. I mean, like, where have you guys been? Nice to have you back. But now you're going to play the stick-up game. And, like, they'll probably buy their way out of the ACC and end up in the big or something here in the next year. I don't doubt it. But that's really – that's where – I guess my "quote unquote" hate, <laughs> the hating's coming from. I, get it. I mean, yeah. Shoot, we still probably we still do from when we think about it. When we yeah. first came into the ACC, yeah, we went ten years undefeated in yeah. Virginia. Got that last minute, that yeah. last second touchdown. I yeah. mean, we've always dominated the ACC. We had some down years. Bobby Bell, Bobby Bowden held on too long. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Bobby, uh, Bobby 
He should have been going. Well, and then Jimbo like, ran off on you guys, which wasn't cool. I mean, you know, and then you had the transition that was bad, you know. And then Tagger came in Tagger, yeah. the hype and did nothing. Yep. I mean, we just – I just, I was just curious. Like yeah. I said, I love the show. Thank I'm you. A, I'm a Washington fan. There you go. Lifelong Washington fan. Um, Hopefully that we get um, finally get that together. I was just curious about yeah. why – I hate for my summer. Yeah, I don't. It, it's really not. It's just like they're the they're the team right now that's ticked me you're, off. You're, you're they're, they've turned. They're too proud of a program to turn into crybabies. That's yeah. that's what gets me. And there you, you show you show up this year. You show up this year and show out like you're talking about. Then that'll all stop. Terrence, you have you, seen me, have you heard me talk about Miami? Oh my God, those people! Oh yeah, must, they're they're worse. Oh, they're oh much my worse. God, Miami! Don't get me started. Don't those phonies, those phonies, delusional. You. I just don't know if they're here to Miami. Oh, because they're irrelevant. That's why. Well, it's yeah. because partially because they're irrelevant. They're quiet because they know they shouldn't. I be also talking, crap Terrence. on Notre Dame consistently. I mean, there's just some schools. Oh that yeah, just we make jump on Notre Dame me, all the time. You know yeah. So let me ask y'all this before we go. Yeah, yeah. Do y'all believe that Alabama deserved to be in over Georgia? No, I think no. Georgia should have been in. That was my no. uh, my frustrating part. I think Georgia should have been in. I, I felt like they had done enough going into the – again, if, unless they had lost by like three touchdowns in the SEC title game, I didn't think they should Yeah, be Georgia should have been in. Okay. All right, we can agree on that because, like I said, I'm a lifelong Florida State fan. Yeah. And like you said, they they based it off of our quarterback, which I don't think was fair because we still yeah. finished off undefeated. But if you was going to put a team over us, it should have been Georgia. Well, it's a made-for-TV so, event too, which I was warning people as we went along this season that this was going to happen. I mean, they're going to pick – the four teams that would get the biggest eyeballs, right? And like do the best for them in terms of a TV event. And that's what they did. All right. So well, I appreciate that, What's that? One last thing. Do y'all think that uh, they knew anything about Saban possibly retiring and that's why they slid them in? Ooh, that's dicey. That's, oh, I like it. Thanks no, for the late hot take there, Terrence. That's a good, good hot one, take. Good no, I don't know. I don't think they did. I think everybody was surprised by that, but that's good. It's a good way to look at it. It's n- not crazy. Not crazy. All right, man. Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Appreciate it. Because I mean, they would have probably gone and won like a lesser bowl game, right? Like they Alabama. You, well, yeah, you, you would. They would have set them up for success. Yeah, they would have gone out on top, so to speak, or he would have gone out on top, so to speak. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. All right, Terrence. Hey, you know what? I respect the guy calling and say, "What? What's up?" With yeah, you guys? absolutely. Do you know that. What? No, it's fine. And again, it'll it'll eventually be somebody else's turn. <laughs> Just wait till hey, we didn't talk about Josh Allen today. Wait till no, that I know Josh Allen fans are still picketing us. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Hot take Tuesday calls and texts on the other side. As Scott Jackson show priority on sports radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law, James Withams, Gator Sports Center. Oh boy, if uh, Damon thought we were FSU haters, you see some of the stuff on the text line I'm reading right now, James. My goodness, 757-687-9494 to join us here on the Hot Take Tuesday. Kyle Smithfield says the FSU fan is one Jameis Winston season away from being just as irrelevant this century as Miami. (laughs) Ouch. Ouch. FSU is ass. Uh, seven five seven. Uh, you would have thought FSU uh, had a better backup quarterback. They were terrible. All right, seven five seven. Uh, no, this eight oh four. Uh, says I think I still have my T-shirt 
they made when UVA beat them, the Seminoles' last stand. Wow. <laughs> oh really? Oh, my gosh. They went that way, huh? Wow. Yikes. Uh, let's see. 614 says Iowa versus um, Ohio State women's will be the most watched regular season college basketball game, men or women, on March 1st. Probably so. I, I, as I've been warning people for months, there's mm-hmm. just not a whole lot. Um, you know, maybe this is fair, unfair if you're like a UConn fan, but there's just not a whole lot that is, uh, I don't know, like appealing to the masses. How about how do I put it that way? And yeah. remember, Ohio State's Men's already wise. beaten them once, yeah. and they scored. I believe they scored 100 points in that game as well. Yeah, Ohio I think State you did. are correct about that prediction. That's that's not even a hot take. That's probably a factual hot take. Um, by the way, Russell Wilson in Vegas, um, Pittsburgh Ross says Snake Eyes could be the nickname. Uh, that very well could be as well. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. If you want to hit us up via the uh, text line or the Ballyhoo's phone line, either uh, form of communication works. All right, let's do this. I was going to do the. I'll say the Buccaneer stuff when we have a little bit more time in the next segment. But I wanted to um, get to uh, this the poll question, which uh, right now is up on the X at uh, Jackson Sports. Um, on the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields unfollowing his own team on Instagram. What do you think it means? And again, at Jackson Sports at uh, ESPN Radio 941, brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Uh, if you want to go ahead and vote, right now 55.8% say he, he's ready to be traded. 269 say he's sending a message. Um, got some more others. One was an actual good one. He says it was the infamous social media intern. <laughs> yeah, oh, there yep. you go. And Fat Thumbs is running a distant fourth at 7.7. I, I don't know. I don't know why people aren't more into that. Am I the only person who unfollows people by accident? Or at least says I unfollow you by an accident? All right. Uh, 757-687-9494. And again, at Jackson Sports at uh, ESPN Radio 941 for the poll question on uh, Justin Fields. Unfollowing. That is, I don't, I just think that comes off like middle school, high school. Not that we could do that back when we were in middle school and high school because, well, you had to call up somebody on the phone. Or actually talk to them in person. You didn't yep. actually, you know, do the socials thing. So, I don't know. It's just so weird when this happens, and it happens all the time now. Like the only thing better would have been if, like, one of his, like, if, if he has siblings or I don't know, a parent came out and said something. And that also is something <laughs> that very much happens. Yeah, that's something new that happens consistently uh, as well. But yeah, that, that's that's the other one that would have only been funnier than him going to the unfollow button on the uh on the instagram well we we were kind of running out of things to talk about when it came to justin Fields. so justin decided to give well, us true. a little bit more ammo here. i gotta give him that if nothing else you gotta thank him for that all right uh we'll get to uh this buccaneer stuff on the other side because it's very interesting i think uh what's being missed in the hey mike evans is a free agent hey baker mayfield's a free agent uh and the franchise tag what do you do that there's actually a third component to that tag we'll get to that on the other side scott jackson show priority auto sports radio 94.1 we are brought to you by larry king law injured in an accident call 757 injured 757 ing and we are uh, brought to you by larry king law we're uh, here with you tonight till about uh, 6 40 before we hand it over to college basketball arkansas at texas a&m tonight uh, on espn radio all right so Franchise tag day, ding, ding, ding. It's already started. Uh, nobody's done it yet. Probably won't have any real movement for another week or two because uh, obviously you have to have this done in the next two weeks. Teams are going to try their best in a lot of cases to get 
long-term deals started, conversations initiated before they put that tag on because despite what it means, right? Like you would think it would be the greatest of compliments to be your team's franchise tag player because you're going to make the top five of the uh, salaries in that position. But yet every year it is just the thing that divides players from teams, it seems like, on an annual basis. Very few of these franchise tag stories ends up in a happy situation. Very few. It's been a while, yeah. Now, last year, the Commanders got a deal done with Jerron Payne, who was their uh, franchise guy. And that was a little surprising, especially with all the things that were going on with the ownership situation at the time. Uh, so it actually worked out well for them. Uh, you know, Chris Jones, again, had to, had to come in last year playing the franchise tag. But remember, he skipped the first game, game for the uh, Chiefs. Um, was not happy about that. And the... Um, you know, a year ago, getting the commander's first guy franchised in the in the period last year on February 28th was Deron Payne. Deron Payne, though, did get a extension uh, prior to the start of the offseason. So it can be done. It just doesn't happen often. Now, the Buccaneers are an interesting situation because it seems pretty obvious if you were doing them in order in terms of position importance, it would be Baker Mayfield uh, would be number one because he's the quarterback. You haven't had a quarterback since Tom Brady left. Uh, so you need that position, you know, and I'm, I'm making a joke about this. I was Tom Brady left the year before. So, of course. Yeah. So you have to have a quarterback. Mike Evans is an all-time Buccaneer. He's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. How could you not keep him? But then you also have Antoine Winfield Jr. Yep. Who is probably, if you read the reports out of Tampa, the most likely candidate to be tagged here. So does that mean they have more confidence in getting a deal done with Mayfield? Uh, and a deal done with Mike Evans. I mean, maybe they feel like they're a, a package deal, like they'll do one and the other at the same time. I'm not sure. Uh, or do they just feel like there are more alternatives to Baker and Evans versus Winfield? Well, I also think that if you're going to franchise Baker Mayfield, that's that's too much money. I mean, you should yeah. be able to get him much cheaper than the to. average of the top five quarterbacks. You I would think. To. And I, w- I think Baker is also. I think he's changed a little bit. I think he's past the point of being the guy that says, "Hey, I saved your franchise. You need to pay me what I deserve," sort of thing. I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I could be wrong about that, but I think he's kind of, I think he's turned over new leaf personality wise. I don't think he's that dude anymore. And with Mike Evans, you're right. He's a he's a all time Buccaneer at this point. Maybe he takes a little bit of a hometown discount to stay with them as long as the dollars are high enough. You see these guys do this that are that are all-time players for their franchise. They'll take a little bit less to stay with the franchise, especially if they think that that franchise is already headed in the right direction. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Mike Evans' mindset is. I mean, there's certainly going to be some options for him out there. Although, I would say at his age, um, you know, buyer beware, just, you know, these wide receiver deals. We were talking about this during the season and at the end of the season. Again, our, our two-time defending Super Bowl champions kind of showed you that you don't necessarily have to go gaga for your best receiver. And Mike Evans will be 31 when the season starts, right? He'll be 31. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's ultra-talented. Don't get me wrong. But, again, teams that spend big at wide receiver aren't exactly the teams that are racking up the Lombardis. And we have we saw this before with, uh, with, with Tommy uh, and the Patriots. We've seen it with the Chiefs the last few seasons as well. And I would imagine the Chiefs will probably be very similar this offseason. You just mentioned earlier, they're probably going to spend the money on defense. They're going to 
you know, go in the draft again because the draft year in and year out has, has really churned out some talented receivers that are ready to play quicker. So I, I think you could bet against Mike Evans if you had to and, and take the risk if you're if you're the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even if it would be painful to see him wearing, I don't know, a Carolina Panthers uniform or, a, I don't know, New Orleans Saints uniform. That was you know. the one that I had my eye yeah, on. That would be Saints. one of those two teams. You know what I mean? It would be painful, but it would be a better use of your cap to keep Antoine Winfield and the quarterback and the quarterback in Baker Mayfield. But it, it's going to be an interesting decision. Tyler, by the way, in Virginia Beach tells us, he took a shot for the logo four months ago when he suggested the commanders might sign Mike Evans. He goes, I will be insufferable if that somehow happens. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. You know what? I'll be insufferable too because I think it'd be stupid if they signed Mike Evans to a big free agent contract. Yeah, after just signing McLaurin? insufferable. They just over, you know, they just signed McLaurin, who, let's be honest, I mean, is he a one or is he just a really good two and a great guy? You know, I think there is a debate to be made there. All right. Secondly, you have Dotson going in on his third year of his, his career, uh, who was misused last year. Samuels will be gone. They've got a bunch of other young receivers who had some promise out of camp that they really never got to when the season started. And, of course, you can draft them. And more importantly, you need a tight end. You need like a legitimate oh, yes. big-time tight mm-hmm. end. I would much rather have that. We were talking about this during the late in the season, like the Lions, big-time tight end, Laporta, right? Uh, obviously George Kittle for the 49ers on the, you know, on the other side, you know, the AFC clearly, you know, Travis Kelsey, hello, uh, freaking stud, um, as a, as a tight end, uh, the Ravens had Mark Andrews, although he really wasn't the full version of Mark Andrews and they had Isaiah likely you could make an argument that some of the best offenses in the NFL actually are more tight end oriented than they are wide receiver oriented currently. Like their tight end is their most important position. They're kind of the, the joker on the field. Um, and they're the do all guy. I mean, I think you look at how big of an impact Hawkinson's had on the, on the Vikings since that trade and what he did for, for cousins. And he kind of unlocked that offense to even a higher level with Justin Jefferson. It opened up some things for them. I mean, if you can get a badass tight end to me, that's, that's more valuable than a 31-year-old big right wide receiver who's had some great years, but those great years are, are not in front of him. They're behind him. Well, and you brought up a good one the other day, and I think it kind of flew under the radar because everybody who talked about CJ's, what CJ Stroud did yeah. in Houston, he was a huge part of it. But Dalton them, Schultz. And Dalton Schultz. Yeah, Excellent. I mean, he had five touchdowns. He might get he franchised, too. 59 catches. Yep. I mean, they, they, the stats were there. And you want to talk about helping out your young quarterback, yep. go get a stud tight end, and they did. And Dalton Schultz. No doubt. So he's he's a guy who could be franchised here coming up too. But yeah. I, I don't know. To me, especially you know, seeing it um with what the Chiefs have been able to do in particular, um, you know, the Ravens to a lesser degree, and, and obviously Kittle, although Kittle was kind of on a milk carton during the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would really like to see that element added for Washington prior to worrying about another veteran receiver. And again, I would go younger at that position, especially if you're going young quarterback. Yeah, like go young yeah. receivers as well. I don't. I don't think you necessarily. You already have McLaurin and Dotson as your vets, and um, you know, again, you, you could get some bargain guys. I mean, Pr- Pringle's fine. Byron Pringle, if you bring him back, I don't care. Yeah, there were ch- there's He's and fine. there's there's cheaper vets. I mean, if yeah. you look at the list of free agent yeah. wide receivers, there there are some cheaper veterans. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that you keep Samuel because I think he's going to demand too much money. But yeah. there there are definitely some cheaper vets on there that you could grab a wide receiver that would be, like you said, just fine. You've, you've already got what are supposed to be your stud guys anyway. 
Uh, Steven in Virginia Beach says, is it possible the players stop following their teams because of the rumors of trades involving them? Yeah, maybe. I think it is uh, It is possible that it, that could be something to do with it. And again, there's just this, some, some players like to do this cleanse, you know, like the end of the season with like they stop following their teams, they take off pictures and all this other stuff. You know, it's it's kind of like people who do the dry January. Celebrities do this all the time. <laughs> See, in case you didn't know. Really? I didn't know because I did not follow any celebrities. I mean, like, like Selena Gomez has done this multiple times. Really? She's a big-time celebrity. I mean, this is something that sometimes celebrities just do. And not she do it when she breaks up with her boyfriends, too? I think she's done that. She That was one time that she did it, and there was another time she just did it randomly. Okay. What about Taylor Swift? What does she do? I don't think Taylor. I don't think Taylor's ever done it. Is she on the gram? She just writes a oh, song she's about on the, you. She's on the gram. She just writes a song about you. Oh, if that breakup ever happens, <laughs> boy, that one's going to be epic. Yeah, I can't wait for her to mix in the lyrics about him hit bumping his coach on the sideline of the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, another one on the text line at seven five seven. Should the Giants keep Saquon Barkley? Yes, but <sighs> they should. But will he want to stay? I don't think he's going to want to stay. There's a lot of teams that would make sense for him. There, I mean, there's there is a, I mean, there's a list of really good teams that could use Saquon Barkley. Starting with a team in that, well, not in that state because you guys are in New Jersey, but ex- the, the real team in New York, the professional team in New York, the the um, the Bills for him to be like with Cook, uh, kind of the chain, you know, like the he, like the two two headed back system would be pretty awesome because uh, he's a very good receiver too. I'd go further west. Yeah, I mean, he could do. He he would be there. Um, Chargers. Chargers would be a great fit with um, with Harbs, and you know, there, there's there'll be some options for Barkley uh, for sure. Eckler's going to have some options too at lesser money, but he'll have, he'll have options as well. Eckler's going to have to prove it though, because because of the injuries that he's had. recently. Oh yeah, that's why it's going to be lesser money. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's definitely going to have to. It could be a one year prove it deal for him. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have to sign one of those types. Somebody of might make out really well doing that with him because yeah. I, I think there's a lot of talent there still. It's just like you say, is he going to be available on the field? All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Been some cuts here today too. You notice that like the hitting the waiver wire already. Uh, teams is releasing guys. I think some of these contracts may be uh, coming up with some bonuses. They don't want to mess around with it. They're just, let, they're just getting out in front of it. But nothing earth-shattering, but it's been a little bit more active than I remember in years past. All right, 757-687-9494. The NCAA uh, has spoken on any types of changes when it comes to the transfer portal. You might not like the answer to what you heard from the top executive. We'll get to that coming up on the other side. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, call Larry King Law at 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James Witham, Scott, your sports center.